going to turn our attention first tonight to the policing response to last week's riot in Dublin and indeed the political stewardship of law and order matters which dominated the Dáil today from leaders' questions to statements just earlier on this evening. But before we go to the panel on that, let's get a flavour of the debate, starting with Sinn Féin leader Mary Lou Macdonald. All I've heard from you is uh, fig leaf, an exercise of the most brazen arse covering that I have ever heard in this chamber. Children got stabbed outside their school. We nev- I never thought that those words would come from my lips, that that was possible in our city, but it happened. And then not alone that, the children and the community is doubly traumatised by this marauding mob rioting in our city. And control of the city centre was lost for two hours. That's what happened. And I want to know, what's your (laughs) real response to that? Because what we witnessed, make no mistake, was a political failure, a wholesale abject failure of leadership. And we also heard from government benches commentary around the racist agitation in the lead up to the disturbances. And this was Green Party Junior Minister for Nature, Malcolm Noonan, on that subject. Some commenters are saying that this isn't us. Well, it is time we'd had a difficult conversation uh, about these issues. And I know many friends from African countries have felt and experienced racist incidents over many years in this country. Representation of minorities is all too small in our councils, in our Dáil Chamber, in our, uh, and I think there's an important role for the Electoral Commission in this regard as well. The acceptable discrimination of travellers in our, in our country. And I do think we look at, need to look at issues around diversity of our Gardaí as well. Um, and look, uh, something that's worked successfully in, in my own community, uh, local integration forums to support integration and deepen integration at a local level. Now, you heard from Sinn Féin at the top expressing no confidence in the Garda Commissioner and the, uh, the, the Justice Minister indeed. The Labour Party was reserving judgment on calling for resignations on that front. But as you'll hear now from Aon O'Reardon, the party's TD for Dublin Bay North, there was severe criticism of the government. We have need a recognition from you that you have absolutely failed Dublin. My city, my Dublin, my part of the world is dying on your watch. Can't get a teacher, can't get a house, can't get a guard. It was already dying and now it's on fire on your watch because you don't get Dublin. You don't understand her. And as I say, that was Aon Reardon from the Labour Party finishing that selection eclipse there from the debate at Leader's Question earlier. Well, still with me here in studio, Alan Farrell, Fine Gael TD for Dublin Fingal and Party Spokesperson on Justice, Independent Senator Eileen Flynn and Pauline Tully, Sinn Féin TD for Cavan Monaghan and Party Spokesperson on Disability and Cares. Alan Farrell, arguably one of the greatest failures arising from uh, last week is the fact that the far right have managed to get their subjects on the agenda ever since. I don't disagree with that statement, I'm afraid. Um, And also, I feel that there was an element of it which was aided and abetted by the nature of the contributions in the Dáil, um, such as the nature of politics. Um, It is unfortunate that the uh, events of Thursday, the um, rabble-rousing and uh, hatred that was... Uh, created by their online presence and then later physical presence led to such a disastrous evening, um, a, a unique um, attack on um, on our city, on democracy, 
uh, on the rule of law and the response will have to be appropriate. Um, I feel on Garda Shikhan have a job to do um, and our job in Leinster House is to assist them to do that. Um, but there will be a review, as has been mentioned, I'm sure in other quarters, uh, of the by the Gardaí of the uh, the overall incident to see what learnings can be taken from it. Uh, now, whether that will present itself at some point into the public domain, either via the Justice Committee on which I serve or through the Department of Justice, remains to be seen. But I would certainly be uh, quite uh, happy if such a, a, a report right. or even a redacted version of such a report were published so that we could, the public can get their teeth into it as well. Whose fault is it that a Garda doesn't know where he stands when he reaches for his baton or her baton? I, I don't think there's any question, Colm, as to whether a Garda knows where he stands um, with the use of proportionate force and or a baton. Um, the issue is that in the past, and as many organisations like the GRA have been saying for some time, to be fair, uh, that when a guard draws his baton, there's a consideration as to whether they might end up uh, either in court or before GSOC. And these are the things that the minister has said that she will seek clarity on from the policing authority, which I think is the appropriate step to take. Um, and from there, um, give reassurance to members of Angarshi Okona uh, via the commissioner, who's already mentioned that he has given them his full support. Well, the minister is doing due diligence on that, and I think that's an appropriate step. All right. What does that mean, Pauline Tully, where, where do you think that that issue will be clarified, that a guard will know where they stand with respect to GSOC? I, I, on the face of it, it's pretty clear. If a guard breaks the law, they're accountable to GSOC. If they don't, they can get through that process. So what is the issue there? Do you see it as a significant one? It is a significant one. That guards should know what force they can use when they should use it and what's appropriate. They should also know what's inappropriate. Um, so, and you do need GSOC there to monitor that guards are, you know, within the law when they're, when they're using force in situations such as last week. Um, but it was terrible to see guards being isolated and cornered on the streets of Dublin by a mob and attacked and not even sure if they could use their baton to protect themselves or protect others on the street. So, I mean... Is it possible that they were wise in some cases not to stand their ground, they not may to start have been a confrontation? The and that's an example of guard the discretion at yeah, play. In some situations, yes. But, I mean, the fact that even a guard got isolated in the first place shows that, you know, they weren't prepared to respond to what was happening in, in a fast enough fashion. It took hours before additional forces came in and from other counties and, and supported them to, to actually, you know, finish atrocious scenes on, on, on the streets of, of, of Dublin there and brought it under control again. But they lost control for a number of hours. All right. Eileen Flynn, um, the issue of people talking about looking at Garda accountability and, and uh, the Garda Representative Associations calling for you know, a, a look at the relationship between GSOC and Angarda Shikana and how they conduct their investigations. Would you have any concerns at all about that the issue of the structures of Garda accountability are being talked about arising from the events of last week? I think a lot of our focus is on the Minister and on the Garda uh, Commissioner where our focus should be what went wrong? How did it go wrong? Why, why is this happening in our country? It's the first time in my uh, life that I've ever seen t- uh, such horrible event. Firstly, I want to say my thoughts is with the families of last week and what happened was ever uh, like uh, uh, 
and surreal for all of us in, in, in the country, you know. And again, in my belief, it, like our minister now, our minister for justice should be focusing on passing a hate crime legislation that protects uh, people within minority groups, you know. Uh, last week we've uh, heard and uh, seen videos of uh, young uh, women's hijabs being pulled from their face. This should not happen in today's, uh, in, in today's, um, in, in today's society. And around the guards, uh, GSOC, is the Gardaí. The Gardaí, from my experience, investigating the guards is 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 not uh, is is not positive. And to say that it's legislation that has, uh, of course, the Gardaí uh, don't know how to act or aren't sure because of the legislations that we have in 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 place. And I don't believe giving the guards more power is going to stop. Um, the, the rise of um, the far right, if you want. Right. What will stop it is educating our local communities. Um, Senator Inouane said today in, in the Shannon that it's people, um, you know, people who have nothing that's fighting for nothing. And I think that's something that we need to look at as, as a society. We need to listen to people who are living in poverty, who, who who's uh, going through addiction, who really has absolutely nothing you know and we think it in the Donald Trump uh, um, movement or whatever you'd like to call it you know uh, looking after your own building up a wall to keep people out because unfortunately when you're on the very margins of society is that you uh, sometimes people may think if you give to others you're taken from people who are at the very margins of society and that's where I want to have the conversations right. is around that hate crime legislation that we need to pass and we need to make sure that we're not locking people up that's an education uh, um, um, if you want a piece of legislation right. as well Alan Farrell we haven't heard uh, much of that we've heard plenty about the uh, a more robust approach uh, by the Gardaí we've heard about you know talking about advancing the hate uh, the hate speech legislation we've heard about I suppose the punitive response to some of what we saw last week but what about the preventative issues? Yeah that's a fair question um, I, I think firstly I should point out that the Gardaí have policed 700 protests this year according to the Gardaí themselves and I'm not aware of very many of them getting into the headlines uh, with the exception perhaps of the one in in outside the doll, uh, the burning of tents on a couple of other occasions, but in the main, um, they know how to do their jobs appropriately, uh, and therefore they don't necessarily come before the public's uh, view. Uh, in relation to preventative measures, I mean, government have ploughed tens of millions of euros into the city centre, uh, in particular to tackle some of the issues that Eileen has quite rightly pointed out. Uh, that goes that goes back to 2015, 2014, 2015. Um, there has been additional sums of money spent on community uh, policing and, of course, one of the three trials of the um, the replacement for the Joint Policing Committee, which is uh, uh, not just local government, the department, uh, sorry, not just local government, the councils and the Gardaí, but it goes beyond that to other government departments um, and those new um, community policing fora are an opportunity for us to uh, roll them out across the state uh, with a greater benefit, I think, to communities up and down the country, um, particularly those who may, may or not may or may not have had effective joint policing committees uh, managed by the local authorities. But investment in local communities, ensuring uh, that 
uh, the drugs task forces, for instance, are adequately uh, funded and staffed uh, to, to tackle those issues. But the other side of this is the investment in, in education that Eileen has right. quite rightly pointed out. Uh, there are huge opportunities within the Department of Education, for instance, uh, which was even mentioned by both Minister Foley and by Minister Madigan this evening uh, in that debate about investment in, in communities and how important it is. Okay. And I will uh, have to say that the government knows and knew for the last three years the, the rise of um, of the far right, you know, and there were very little measures put in place. And even in, like, the Shannet uh, a few weeks ago, it's around the the the, the, rec, um, the facial recognition of, of, of people where we know, again, that's people and the very margins of society that will be targeted by, uh, by, by that recognition. So one part of me, I'm like, what can we do now moving forward? And that, in my opinion, is the hate crime uh, legislation, the hate crime bill, and I know we've like you know it's been put on the back uh, boiler for for quite a while now, and we just need to pass that legislation to protect people. But again, the government knew this, and as as a member of the traveller community for decades, we've been uh, a subject of hatred within this uh, within this country. And the rise of the far right, you know, there's a again. I need to say, not everybody who's part of those uh, movements e- even know what the far right even mean. It's people who are desperate desperate, uh, in, in my uh, opinion, and easily led as well to false information. And I, I just think the government could have done and can still do a lot more to protect uh, vulnerable people. All right, and we'll, we'll come back to that. But Jennifer, the um, the response so far in terms of the political argument about it has largely been about uh, why wasn't more foreseen mm-hmm. and what's the punitive response going to be? It's, it's tough on crime, but a little less on what Tony Blair's uh, other house side of that was, the causes of crime. Yeah, and I think it was interesting today to see how the political debate unfolded and what we saw in the doll was basically Sinn Féin doubling down on their call for the Minister for Justice to resign, effectively to step down voluntarily and for the Garda Commissioner to resign as well. And we know that the government have come in and rode in behind her and expressed their full confidence in her. Um, Micheál Martin was at a meeting of the British-Irish Intergovernmental Conference informally this evening where he was and we were asking him questions about it and he was very fulsome in his support for the Garda Commissioner. He said he'd been steadfast and honourable. I think the thing about it is in terms of this question that's being asked about you know, the government should have known or how could they not have known. The fact of the matter is there was a very deliberate decision taken by the guards to not have an overly muscular approach to far-right protests. I think the fear was if they went in too violent um, and there are studies internationally that show um, some of the biggest protests that have had kind of the worst outcomes um, often had that element of uh, police violence. Um, and I think there's been a real reluctance amongst the Gardaí. I think it's been interesting to see how it's unfolded politically because on the first night of the riots, the feeling was the Gardaí were responding to it as it was developing. On the second night, I definitely picked up from politicians more of a feeling of almost um, relief that they were responding a little bit more aggressively and almost that it was more accepted now amongst the public to respond that way in light of what had been seen. Um, Helen McEntee, for her part, maintains that nobody, when they woke up last Thursday morning, could have foreseen what happened on Thursday afternoon and on Thursday evening. um, And that is the line she'll be sticking to. All right. Uh, Pauline Tully, what would the removal of the Garda Commissioner and the removal of Helen McEntee as Justice Minister achieve for public safety immediately? 
Just put somebody who's more competent in charge, because I think there's been a failing here by those in charge, which is the minister, first of all, but also the guard, the commissioner and those in management um, to actually address the issues. They weren't organised. They weren't able to respond fast enough on the streets to what happened. Now, nobody could have predicted it before, but at the same time, but, but the, practic- the practical right. implications of removing the Garda Commissioner, they can't, the Garda can't fill a Deputy Commissioner post because of an anomaly in finance legislation at, at the moment. Mm. Would you, is now the time to get rid of the Garda Commissioner when there would be an unavoidable delay in replacing them? Well, I mean, I just feel the Garda, uh, the Garda Commissioner has not dealt with this issue in a competent matter. And he's put his members of his own force at risk here. There are people there. We were very, they were very lucky that this, the guards were not seriously injured on the streets of Dublin. There, the response, even when it did happen, like the, the horrendous attack that happened at half one, nobody could have predicted that. But the messages that seemed to be circulating just shortly after that about gathering in the in the city and attacking all foreigners and attacking the the, the, the emergency um, response. They weren't monitored. They say they were monitoring them, but they, they didn't respond to them quickly enough. All right. So there was a failure there. And where, 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 what was the specific failure of Helen McEntee? Well, she's overall responsibility for policing and for, for any issues that come under justice. So just the book stops with her. And the that, book that's, stops that's with her. That's why you believe she has yeah. to go. Alan Farrell. Well, I, I mean, look, I, I, I respect the, the tenor of this discussion, um, but my, my view is, is, is diametrically opposed. I mean, firstly, we don't have any evidence uh, of what Pauline has just said in relation to them not reacting or not following the uh, um, intelligence that was they were monitoring because they've said that they were monitoring it. They said that they were monitoring it on the day. Um, so I have no reason to believe them, uh, to disbelieve them, I should say. the In the case of the report or the re- review or whatever, that will, of course, be very important. But like we can't lose sight of what was the, um, what was to blame. Uh, what unfolded. If they were monitoring the intelligence, would you have no concern over the reaction time? Listen, there was judge, jury and executioner in that air this afternoon and this evening. Um, there was a lot of policing experts uh, that I didn't know we had in that air and telling us that the Gardaí knew at four o'clock, at three o'clock that this was going to happen. No, they didn't. And anybody who says that they know absolutely with certainty that this was going to transpire as it transpired on Thursday night uh, is 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 not telling the truth, if I'm quite blunt. There is absolutely no way they could have predicted that the very first of such a riot, which ultimately ended up in looting, the isolation of a number of Gardaí, the arrest of over 50 and the injury, injuries, I think, to upward of 30 Gardaí, thankfully only one of whom um, uh, was, was in any way seriously injured, would have happened. Right. I, 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 I think the crystal ball... Uh, amongst opposition parties was quite extraordinary this evening. Yeah, but it was said on prime time this evening by a Garda representative that the Gardaí who were responding on the streets were WhatsApping their colleagues in other jurisdictions yeah. to come and, and assist them. Why were they having to do that? I mean, why would the Gar- Garda management not actually put a plan in place to get Gardaí in there to support them when everything erupted? It took hours for the Gardaí to come in and regain control. I don't know, whether you, I don't know whether you heard that, Alan Farr. That was um, a, a, Garda, um, a Garda, Detective Garda Hodgins, who's a GRA rep for the North Inner City, who was okay. saying that he was on, on the cordon at the time and yeah, that sure. Gardaí were WhatsApping each other and Gardaí of their own volition got into the cars and, and arrived okay. at Garda stations. He, he he said, this was his his view of it, that orders were not coming 
from above to get those people to the right place at the right time? I can't speak to that. I don't know. Uh, my understanding of it is that there was a, a, a call for reinforcements put out by, I presumed, Garda management. Uh, that's what I have seen and read. Uh, now, whether that is the, the, the basis of, of, the, of the, the call out, I don't know. Uh, you'd have to ask a Garda spokesperson. Actually, I was in uh, outside Leinster House on Thursday night, and I ended up going up beside the, some of the riot police. You know, the riot gear, and uh, they hadn't a clue what was going on. Um, and I was showing them TikTok videos, and they hadn't a clue because they didn't even know if people were coming their way because they can't have phones on them, obviously, which is understandable. But it is my understanding that it was actually a mix of both. That that guards, I know guards who came in of their own volition. And I do know, obviously, that a call went out as well at the same time. The only other thing I would say about, I suppose, the Fine Gael stance, I think it's completely, on a personal level, I do think it's correct to say that you, you couldn't, you know, say that that was going to happen, you know, the crystal ball idea of things. However, it is totally legitimate to ask after 10, 11, 12 years of Fine Gael being in government if the policing levels are advocate um, adequate. Um, I pass through Dublin City Centre pretty much every day. Um, and... I think that anybody who does pass through the inner city particularly knows that there is a big issue with drug dealing. Um, there's been an issue with investment, albeit um, the investment that Alan Farrell outlines there, which has, you know, um, been well documented. Um, and I think it is actually a legit- legitimate question to ask about right. policing and levels. It's a question, Alan Farrell, that's also been asked by your coalition colleagues in, in Fianna Fáil. Jim O'Callaghan said as much mm-hmm. uh, that it was it was OK to admit mistakes when he was talking about uh, it during the statements. Today, James Lawless, uh, the chair of the Justice Committee and Fianna Fáil TD for Kildare North, said that uh, he looked forward to asking questions uh, at the Justice Committee when the Justice Minister came before it. So it's not exactly wholehearted, enthusiastic support from your coalition colleagues on this. So the ambition has always been there since we reopened Templemore. And you have to bear in mind, and I don't want to give anybody a history lesson, but in 2010, the Garda Training College was closed and it wasn't reopened until 2014. And the first recruits came out of it in 2015. So that four or five year lag uh, plus... um, um, financial in, uh, measures that were taken during uh, the, the, the the crash with pay cuts for all public servants, including Gardaí, resulted in a loss of recruitment and a loss of experienced and uh, skilled personnel. We went down to just over 12,000 Gardaí and we're just at 14,000 now. We were a little over 14,000, but the numbers come down a little, primarily, unfortunately, because of COVID. Now, I was in Templemore with James, the, the chair, and other members of the Joint Oireachtas Committee on Justice only last Tuesday, this day week. We had a really, really good meeting. Um, it was one of the few times, I have to say, I came out of it knowing so much more than I thought I did about the Temp- uh, Templemore right. Guard Training College. But, but, the point, but, but, the, but, but not, notwithstanding that, but the, the, point the resources is, on the street for public order policing, for open drug dealing, for all of so, those things. Do you, do you accept that there is widespread public concern about that. And a number of months ago, when the Justice Minister said the streets of Dublin were safe, people cocked an eyebrow and, the minister and, and questioned for just, the minister for The Minister for Justice had said that, that as a result of COVID, and I saw that illustrated when I was in Templemore, has reduced the for, overall force or the overall number of students that would have been right. through the college by a thousand. To, to answer your question, I completely accept that there aren't Gardaí visible on every street corner or there aren't Gardaí visible in places where they should be. That is unfortunate and it is really a reflection 
of the population increase. It's a, it's a reflection of a lot of things. I heard figures, for instance, Colm, that there was a reduction in the overall number of Gardaí in Dublin 1. Now, I, I, I can't and okay. I won't refute that, but what I will say is in my own constituency, Malahide and Soares has increased by 14% and Balbriggan right. has okay. increased well, that, by, that, uh, by 50%. That, that, these are really important. That, that, because that's not the area Jennifer was talking about and that's, that, that's not, that, that's not what the trouble took place. That, I mean. uh, today, I learned an email went out to Agriculture House and to another department in Leinster House to say that um, the building uh, could people um, remove themselves from the building at four o'clock last Thursday. So they had some kind of a hunch that something was going on. The thing is, like, you know, this government and other uh, gov- uh, successive governments has failed the very poor people. And even here I'm listening, uh, the problem is drug dealing, it's, it's communities themselves. Again, we need to invest in communities through de- uh, community development work, uh, through uh, youth work as well. And, uh, you know, like, what's, what, what's, what, what will the minister put in place now going forward? What will the guards put in place going forward? Because we are a bit of a backward country. We're not, like, we're not organised for uh, for rides that we seen on uh, on Thursday, and that's a, a failure to the government. That's not a failure to the I guards don't themselves. That's a failure. I, I, I recognise that as a success that we haven't had riots of that nature. No, it's past. not about yeah. the rides, uh, deputy. Please don't try and undermine me. I'm not that stupid. It's not about the rides. It's 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 about uh, thinking this kind of an event is never going to happen. It's like the government are so naive. Like we live in 2023, ardent, and uh, uh, I know straight away. If you were if there were a problem on the site, you'd have a, not a hell of a lot of guards coming out because some communities are over policed while other communities are under uh, uh, under police. And like if you look, even the pay of the guards. Now I'm not one to say and get thousands of guards out in the streets because that's very intimidating. I think to the ordinary person, but the government has an awful lot to to be uh, accountable right. for, and they need to take you, ownership. You of mentioned that. the hate speech legislation a, a couple of times. Do you have concerns about its passage through through the Oireachtas at the moment? how it's progressed through through the Dáil and the Shannons. Yeah, do you need a definition of uh, of uh, of um, hatred in in the in in the bill? That's one thing I'm clear about. But I will say that like you have to prove it was a hate crime. You just don't get locked up. Like there has to be evidence that uh, what you did was motivated by 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 hate before it can go to court. Do you know? So I know there's a lot of fear out there. But I will say political parties since we got the thousands and thousands of emails uh, bef- uh, before the recess have kind of. Uh, laid back on it. Well, have you seen me, anyone change their position on it? I have, yeah. And yeah. for me, as a member of the Traveller community and the only person that in in Leinster House that has, like, in as a member, um, you know, who has experienced hatred, I think it's the way forward for uh, for people. And it's not going to solve all issues. All right. well, any, any parties really, in particular have changed their approach on it? Oh, a few of the parties. In, have, and even in the Shannon, is it? In, 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 in the Oireachtas uh, overall, yeah, people just talking to people, word them out. And, like, for me, again, I just think it's a way forward. You know, people would have to think twice before they act and right. it's not about taking away the freedom of speech. We all have the rights to talk and to view our opinions, but it's really about keeping, why not, like we're a multicultural uh, country now and we need to keep everybody safe. Now, Pauline Tully, has any, any of your party 
change their approach in the Shannon to the hate speech legislation or any 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 concerns being raised within the party about no, the passage of the bill? We have a few concerns, but they're minor concerns. We generally support the, the, the bill um, and what it's trying to do. And we recognise that the legislation isn't there at the moment to actually you know bring people up on, right. on for hate um, crime. Any particular, what are the particular concerns? I suppose it's more around, um, say, if somebody might be... Um, in, engage in a, in a public order offence and maybe utter something that could be described as hate speech but it's on a spur of the moment so it's not that the act was actually you know um, driven by hate at the time and we just don't want to see maybe somebody uh, ending up with um, a, a criminal record for hate. Yeah, and, that, and I know. would be on that mindset as well and yeah. I would think that too. It's not about giving someone a criminal record but I I want to stress the fact that it's 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 it you have to it's evidence that it's driven by 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 hated uh, motivations and I think that's so important and I know overall there is concerns around freedom of speech and around uh, you know that not giving someone a criminal record but if you attack a person because of the colour of their skin and your motive, it's motivated by by hatred. Well, then you know we we have to really sure. look at that. And a lot, it's not about locking up uh, people. Again, oppressed communities can become oppressors. I know all about that as 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 well. But it doesn't make it right. And again, it's not about. I don't believe in just like because uh, the justice system. And I've said this numerous times. It works for for the uh, for the few, but not for the many. You know. And it's not about really locking people up and saying throw away the key. It's really about educating uh, society. Jennifer, how would you characterise the debate around it? What are the pinch points? Because there has Mm. been the issue around freedom of speech, I suppose, is is one of the the big points that have been pointed towards and maybe what people, I I haven't received any of the emails on it, uh, uh, but it's it's a point on which certainly in in the public sphere on social media, the most commentary is. Yeah, um, it has been around freedom of speech. There's also the issue... um, around the definition of hatred. Um, Helen McEntee has said she doesn't want to include a definition of hatred specifically in the bill because that in turn might constrain the Guardian in the course of their work and she says that's actually up to them to to make their judgment basically and that there is a whole, it has to go to the guards, it has to go to the courts, that this isn't just something that's, you know, made made up in a a public sphere. The other thing to say uh, is that there also have been calls for um, a definition of gender and that the definition of gender in the hate speech bill is different to the one that was in the Gender Recognition Act. So I think that's something else. But I think in the round, the the, the hate speech bill has been hijacked um, and it has become this kind of lightning rod. And if you go online, you'll see people like Elon Musk, you know, tweeting about it and, and saying all kinds of extremely inflammatory things. Um, I think where the government could have done better with this is to actually tell people, give them clear examples. This is what, this is a tweet that does constitute uh hate speech, for example. This one doesn't. So there's a big difference between you having an opinion about a group or whoever or you saying, go attack that individual right. person. Maybe to, to be more clear. Yeah, I'm so the, 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 the hate speech bill has actually gone through the doll, all stages. Um, and it is currently awaiting committee stage. Now, it's been awaiting committee stage for about six months. Um, now, the, the the hows and the whys of that, I, I'm not entirely sure of uh, because it has left the doll. It, it's, uh, respectfully, it's no longer on my radar because it's already passed through my house, uh, so to speak. Um, but I mean, I, I, I'm not, I, but don't doubt for a moment what Jennifer is saying. And I, I absolutely agree it has been hijacked. Um, I've gotten emails from people um, whom I know, uh, pre- people who I meet on the street, people who I've known for many years, either 
during politics or prior to it but one of the things I would say and it was a note that I took down following listening to a debate about it actually in the Senate and it was that you know hate speech um, uh, free speech will somehow be impinged upon is nonsense in within the bill uh, to, uh, to put it another way hate speech is not about free speech hate speech is designed to shut people down but to shut them up to make them afraid and to say that they, uh, um, who they are and to exclude an isolation but that, that, that's an issue and there's of, nothing of, free about that but that's, that's an that's issue the, of public communication isn't it it's about it's about being transparent and open and having discussions about What's well, in the bill? I mean, look, you know, if if you if you don't engage in 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 speech that could be classified as, um, you know, uh, perhaps aggressive or um um, you know, socially unacceptable, then you've no, absolutely nothing to fear from the likes of the hate speech bill. Um, I, I'm hopeful, and the minister has said that it is her intention to get it back into the Shannon. And, and well, there over are a group of senators who've, who've Fianna Fáil senators who've raised concerns, and also politicians yeah. have told me that this is the issue. Some of them said they've never got as many emails on anything. Well, until, and I, I, that until probably has Palestine, been eclipsed by Palestine, it most certainly has. That, I yeah, have twenty thousand emails in my inbox right now. Sure, but before that, it was hate speech. It's the bit was the biggest uh, issue in your inbox, I believe. Yes, it was. Yeah, it was for a number of but, months. But a lot of them weren't from but Ireland, and a lot of them, honestly, like, and I say respectfully, didn't know what they're talking about. If, if you look, okay. like it's it's very, very similar to the act, to the hate crime act that we have, you mm. know, and it's not just about, again, I really need to stress the fact, it's not about uh, locking people up, but I believe Thursday was motivated by hatred, you know, and that would give the Gardaí, like, there's a hate crime instead of being, like, a, a no criminal damage an was done. Of it, I, obviously, yeah. I know criminal damage was done, a lot of it, unfortunately, on, uh, on Thursday. But we all seen the tweets, we're all looking at the, the leaders of the far right, right. and in we, my we, opinion, we, 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 the biggest donkey, uh, the I think there were three donkey, distinct the heavier groups, load when all it right. comes to the far right. Really. Okay. I think there were three distinct groups on Thursday. There, there was those that incited uh, hatred and called for their friends and allies to join them. There were people who were just caught up in it who happened to be there uh, and then there was individuals who came when the opportunity presented and that's clear from videos sure, but by the way, I, I, who went in purely to loot. But that's what we did see was violence there. and we heard today that asylum seekers coming into the country who can't find accommodation are going to be sleeping on the streets. Now are there going to be protective measures taken for people who are in vulnerable positions? They're not in centres where they can be protected behind closed they will doors. Absolutely They're intense. Have, there will have to be measures. As of yesterday there were 460 people seeking international protection of some form or other intents in uh, facilities around the state. Uh, it is not a place where we want to be. What about rough sleeping we, people, people who find themselves well, I, I no accommodation? Well, I can't speak to, to, to um, those seeking international protection, it, rough sleeping. I'm not aware of any at the, at the moment. I, I can try and find out before the end of the programme. But as I said, there are 400 plus um, currently intents because the department... Uh, for the moment at least, has exhausted its right. supply. But over 10,000 beds have been sourced this year alone uh, by the Department of Quality in, in the work that they're doing to try and accommodate as many people as possible. OK, I just want to get to a few texts. We'll take a break then. We'll be, we'll, we'll be back after that. But the, uh, the the listeners are saying the doll was just an embarrassment today, blaming elusive ideology so not to stand over their own policies. If you can't accept your own failures, you're lost. The resigna- There's another text saying uh, from Sean O'Hargon, the resignation of either minister or commissioner would be exactly the victory the extreme right are seeking. Time for grown-up unity of purpose in Dáil Éireann. Uh, somebody else uh, texting us in to say the violence, while wrong, should not be used to introduce draconian restrictions on free speech, says Joe in Wexford. Uh, somebody else texting to say disaster waiting to happen. Who's kidding who? Uh, Helen has to go, as does Drew Harris. 
Chony me ibalia clear August London niachame rivalehe scary says Siobhan O'Dunagal and then a message on X from uh, Richard Barrett. Can we have any example of the type of actions which took place last Thursday which are not offences under the present law which, but which would be offences under the proposed hate speech law? We'll be back after this. The Late Debate with Colm O'Mungan on RTE Radio 1.